Now look, y'all, I done had to record this episode twice because my seven-year-old Scorpio is Scorpioing. I don't know if it's a moon phase or what's going on. I know we just passed up on a new moon, but sister girl is tripping tonight. Oh, Lord. She done crashed this podcast twice already. Anyhow, today is July 26, 2023. My name is Jasmine, and this is my journal entry. I hope all is well. Everything is well for me. Buckle y'all seatbelts, because it's story time tonight. I got some stories, and then I got some stuff that's going on, but I got some stories. So, let me get into this quick. Last time I left off, we talked about a date that I was planning to go on. And I told this guy, don't be arguing with me now. If you need a recap, you got to go back and watch the last episode. So, Friday come, we go out. We go downtown. This last weekend was the Cincinnati Music Fest. A lot of people came out to Cincinnati. A lot of people were downtown. I didn't have tickets. But the funny thing is, I put money aside to buy tickets. And then I got into this funk and I was like, yeah, fuck those tickets. And then, after I said, fuck those tickets, they sold out. Well, I don't know if they sold out or not. But then I was like, well, fuck it, it's too late. Because then if I got the tickets and I had to get the hair, nails, and clothing. I didn't do none of that because I was in this funk. I get in these funk where I, I go into solitude. I don't want to do nothing. And then I be missing out on stuff. And then I get mad when I miss out on it. I'm like the biggest extroverted introvert. I prefer to be by myself and then I be salty because I, like I like to be at stuff too. So even though I would have paid to get in that concert, I probably would have been in my own little world. I probably wouldn't have been in, at the concert until Jodeci hit the stage because forever, my lady. Anyhow, so we go down there. We get some food. It's nice. I had on a cute dress. Yes, I was cute. I was cute. I was cute. Um, we sit down outside the stadium and we listen to Jodeci sing and we eat her food and we serenade and singing their songs. And I'm like, ooh, Jodeci. So... After that, we just walked around, and then we um had some drinks, and we had a great night. We hit up some bars downtown, and we had some drinks, so we sat down and talked to different people and talked to each other. Great, great night. Went to the casino. It was just like, good night. No arguments, nothing. It was perfect, so... Next day, Saturday, I went to Baby Shower, had a great day, kicked it with some friends... People came in from out of town. I ain't going to get into that shit. That's a story for another day. But just put it this way. Yeah, I have fun. I have fun. So, Sunday comes. I'm supposed to hang with my guy from Friday. I had a, some business to take care of during the day. Got some bad news, which I'm going to talk about next. And, well, I ain't going to say bad news. I hate that word. I got news. Because it might be good. I don't know how to. I don't know. But anyhow. My phone stopped working for hours. And my phone wasn't the only phone. My daughter's phone didn't work. Nobody's phone in my house worked. Even my kid's dad, who does not live with me, he looked, I had to inbox him off a of Wi-Fi, of Wi-Fi on Facebook and said, is something wrong with your phone? He was like, yeah, my phone ain't working. This is nobody's phone was working in my little area. So, of course, during this time, I couldn't get in contact with my friends. So, finally, when my phone started working, I called him. When I do talk to him, he sounds pretty calm. And he's like, hey, come downtown. So stuff was still going on downtown on Sunday. I decided to skip Saturday and Sunday because I knew it was going to be jam-packed and busy. And I just wasn't doing that. I felt introverted. 
<laughs> so my intuition was like he gonna cuss your ass out my gut was like girl don't go down there but my ego was like man fuck him let's just get this over with let's just go so now that though he drives he has a bike too and he prefers to drive his bike short distances and he lives very close to he lives in a community that's very close to downtown Cincinnati so he'll ride his bike down so I went ahead and met him down there. He hopped in, put his bike in the car, and he was fine. So I was like, okay, maybe my gut was wrong. So we get about halfway to his house, and next thing you know, he was like, so what's up? I said, uh, oh, nothing much. <laughs> I said, uh, you know, my dad and everything that was going on today. He said, no, what's up? So he basically starts going the fuck off. Basically, apparently he's called me several times and I didn't answer. And mind you, I'm headed to my house because I was going to cook dinner for him. When I realized that he was pissed, I headed towards his house because he's not going to bring that energy to my house. So he's yelling and screaming. Look, y'all, I don't show people my phone. I don't believe in that. Like, I'm not going to touch your shit. Don't touch my stuff. I'm not going to touch your stuff. Don't touch my stuff. I believe people should have their own little private stuff. I don't I don't go through I don't go through men's stuff. I don't want to stress myself. I ain't tracking locations. I ain't going through stuff. I ain't checking phone numbers, text messages, calling no females back. I'm not doing that. I'm too old. Do you, boo-boo? But anyhow, I showed this man my phone like, look, my phone wasn't working. I had proof that my phone wasn't working. He wasn't trying to hear it. So he yells all the way down to his house. Finally, he hops out the car and he slams my door. And I drive off and I go home. When I pull off from him, I'm fine. I'm like, you know what? I'm okay. I go home. I get my movie ready. Get my stuff snuggled up in the bed. And he gets the call in my phone. He done called me like 12 times. So finally, I answered like, hello? He wants to argue over the phone. By now, me being an introvert, I'm aggravated because now he don't fuck with my personal time. Because the phone keep ringing. I'm trying to watch back episodes of Insecure. No, I was trying to watch who, cl- who they cloned Tyrone with Jamie Foxx and them on the TV. I'm trying to get into it because my son and all my family say, girl, you need to watch that. And I can't watch it because this fool calling me. So by the time he called me, me being the calm person that I am, for the first time ever since I've been talking to him, I lost my temper. And I cussed his ass out. And he couldn't believe that I was talking to him like that, so he hung up on me. And I didn't hear back from him the rest of that night. <laughs> so Monday, I get up and go to work. He blows my phone up, and I don't answer. So I text him. I said, I don't want to talk to you today. I just feel like he keep on crossing my boundaries. So whenever he act like that, I don't want to talk. So that was that. I feel like I got one. I got I got probably about one more good argument left in me. And he lucky he getting that because most people don't even get that. And it's okay if he listens to this because I've I've been very honest and transparent with him. So anything that I say to you guys, I have said to him. You know, and on one hand, like, he is a wonderful guy. (laughs) 
He will take care of you. He'll treat you. He attentive. He that type of guy that'll slow dance with you in the rain. Like, he that type of dude. He going to play music for you. He going to roll out the red carpet for you. He going to do everything for you. But he cannot control his temper. And though I know he's not going to put his hands on me because I don't think he's ever really put his hands on a woman. The way he be yelling, it triggers my past, my past trauma. And But so even though he's never put a finger on me, I respond like he going to put a finger on me. Like even when he was yelling before I could think about it, it was just second nature for me to unbuckle my seatbelt because I'm driving. He yelling years ago. Last motherfucker that yelled at me while I was driving stole on me and I was stuck in the seatbelt, couldn't get out the seatbelt and he stole on me. So I'm sitting here driving, he yelling, I unbuckled my seatbelt. I moved over a little bit towards the door. And as I was driving, I had my hand on that door handle because I was going to hop out that car and run if he even tried to swing on me. I ain't had no weapons in the car. I was going to hop out and run. But so even though he's never lifted a finger towards me, my defense mechanism I feel like when somebody raised their voice at me, they're going to hit me. Especially when they yell like that. I'm like, okay, he about to hit me. You know, and he he hates that I do that. And, y'all, I'm still healing. I'm still working on it. But if you yell at me somewhere in the back of my mind, uh, subconsciously, I feel like you're going to hit me. So I get in the fight or flight mode. So it's something I need to work on. But because of that, when I deal in relationships, I don't, I use, I typically don't. I did raise my voice at him. I don't raise my voice at, you know, people that I date. So I don't want to raise, I don't yell at my kids no more. I don't yell at people no more. So I don't yell. I don't argue. I ain't going to, I ain't doing none of that because I just, I need some peace over here. But you know, anyhow, that was that. That was the end of that. I also got some news that, um, my sister, um, she's got, she was state, she was, she was diagnosed with cancer years back and it got better. And I, I didn't know it came back, but it's back and she doesn't have much longer to live. Um, my kid's dad, this is his sister, but you know, since I spent 14 years with him, I spent 14 years in his family. So we had birthdays, holidays, parties, a lot of stuff at her house. And she was the type of person during years when we couldn't get the girls nothing for Christmas. I mean, when she pull up, man, Cookie pull up. We call her Cookie. Cookie pull up with everything. Barbie houses, Barbie dolls, Barbie cars, clothes, shoes, anything my babies ever needed that I couldn't get, Cookie always got. So I've always had this strong amount of love and respect for her so when i found out at first she wouldn't let anybody see her um and i was i was like oh my gosh i gotta see her you know we hadn't really talked lately i hadn't talked to her in a long time because you know my kid's dad had moved on he was in a relationship and the young lady that he was dating he would take with him to her get together so i didn't want to intrude by going i just felt like it would cause issues so i never got any personal time with you know cookie so I wanted to go and he was like, well, she don't want to see nobody. So I sent her a text and told her I love her. Her birthday was yesterday, the 25th. So I sent her a text and I just told her happy birthday and I loved her so much. I pulled my car over while driving to work um, and I got a little tearful. 
and I just prayed and I said, I have to see her. I'm going to see her. That's what I just put out in the universe that I was going to see her. And she texted me back and she told me what hospital room she was in. So after work, I went there, we chatted and we talked about like old times. We talked about my old relationship, but she said something to me that gave me closure. And it was the oddest thing. We was talking about how crazy my baby daddy is because my baby daddy, he like 50. He ain't settling down no time soon. He probably got like a hundred girlfriends. That fool ain't settling down. Shit, he had a hundred girlfriends when he was with me. And we were, me and her was laughing about it. Like, and she's like, yeah. But she said something. She said, um, out the blue, she was like, I don't think he was the problem. She was like, my brother just doesn't want to settle down. And then she looked at me and she said, he should have married you. And I know to y'all, that's like, that's nothing. You know what I mean? But for me, that was something because at one point, I mean, not lately, but at one point, I really cared about what she thought about me. Because if you meet her, you'll understand. Like, she always had herself together. She was this strikingly beautiful woman with this long hair and this beautiful bright skin, soft, clear skin. Um, she could cook her butt off, always kept a beautiful home. She was intelligent, so she was beautiful, intelligent, beautiful homes, always cars. They driving in Range Rovers, Benzes, and all types of stuff like that. She kept her boys with everything they had to let. They just had, she just, she kept it together and she did it by herself. But one thing I noticed is that she loved my kids, that her brother, she loved him very much. She was very protective of him and she was very critical of anybody that was in his life. I'm pretty sure she's had a thing or two to say about me. I am not in any doubt <laughs> that she did, but I always cared about what she thought because I know he cared about what she thought. And I know that sounds weird and it sounds odd, but that's how I felt at that time. I just never thought that she really approved of me being with him. But when she said that to me, when she looked at me and said he should have married you, you know, and basically, you know, that gave me a lot of closure. And I think it gave me closure because during the relationship, I was often made to feel like I was never good enough. No matter how much I did for this man, I wasn't good enough. And I'm telling you, like, when he went, when he lost his mother, this man went through a deep depression that lasted years. I held us down. When he went to jail, I held us down. When money was low, I held us down. When we were struggling, I held us down. When he was sick, I held us down. I helped through. It's just like, it's like, and don't get me wrong, he did a lot too, but I did so much. And it was always a, it was never good enough. It was like almost always a smack in the hand. He gives me my flowers now that we've been broken broken up for years. But before that, he never gave me credit for anything. It was it wasn't enough. And then, you know, when you're with somebody and you know your partner is cheating on you all the time and seeing other women, and all these women are all thin and they're all they red bones and they got long hair. And here go your chocolate chunky ass sitting there. And he telling you you ain't good enough, you know. After a while. If your mind or your self-esteem is not in the right place, you start to question yourself. And I wasn't in the right place, so I questioned my own self a lot. I questioned my beauty a lot. I questioned everything a lot. 
the weird thing is I get more compliments from him now that we're not together than I did when we were together. Guys, compliment your woman. Do that. Like, he used to tell me I was fat. He used to call me bald head because I had to cut out my hair off because I had lupus. You know, it just, he wasn't very nice to me all the time. And I get more compliments now from him than I did back then, which is odd. Which is not odd because people usually don't appreciate things when they're in their face. Look, y'all, we had our good times. We had great times. But, you know, they weren't, they weren't always great, you know. Uh, we've done mean things and said mean things to each other. You know, our relationship, um, I know y'all hear me say a lot of great things about him too, but our relationship was very complex. And I do believe that two things can be true at the same time. A person, like my friend that I, I've been dating lately, you know, a person can be an excellent person on one hand, but they can also be cruel on the other. You know, hell shit, I'm two-sided. I could be nice, but I'll cut your ass out too. I could be I could I could be fucked up too. You know, I got my I got my um levels. I'm not gonna sit on here and act like I'm just this angel. I'm not. But anyhow, enough about me. Back to Cookie. So I talked to her and something compelled me to ask her, can I pray over her? So this usually this like a prayer that I do over people when I pray for them. By the way, yeah, I really enjoy praying. But I got a script that I stick to. It's usually an insert from Psalms, and then I'll, you know, cite the Anabakoic. I'm still learning the um, Usnisa Vijaya, but when I learn that, I'll probably cite that more often, too. But I just, I'll say a prayer, toss the, some Anabakoics up in there. But I really enjoy praying for people. Um, I could probably, I'll do it for free. I pray for people all day, every day. I just like to do it, and it's healing. So I, I held her hand and I prayed for her. When I got done, she looked at me. She like, that felt really good. And I said, thank you. And she said that she felt something go through the top of her head and down through her body. Um, it was like a peaceful feel. So this is not the first time I heard this when praying for people. And I also noticed that. And when I'm praying or healing, especially children like that are hyper, when I hold them in my arms and I say my prayers, they calm down. They instantly calm down. Like I've been doing prayers and work on my son. And my son can't sit still. He's 18 and he can't sit still. But I hold him in my arms like he's my baby and I'll say my prayer. And he'll just instantly calm down. You know, I was also told that my voice was soothing. I hate my voice, but apparently it changes <laughs> when I pray. So this morning on the way to work, something came to me and I was like, you know what? I really enjoy praying for people. I also got back into herbalism and I've been making my products again, but I just been giving them away. Like my um, pain relief ointment, my sleep oil, you know, making things for people. I got a download from spirit to make something else. So I'm getting back into my herbals and I just really enjoy praying for people, you know, and Something different happened when I was praying for Cookie. Spirit gave me these words to say. So after I did my little regular prayer, Spirit gave me these words to say. And they poured out of me. And 
I never considered myself a great prayer. You know, you know, you go to church and they be they they be praying, they be praying. And some of their prayers, you're like, man, that was so beautiful. I wish I could do that. Well, I did that. I don't know how I did it, but I just the words just came out of my mouth. I don't even know where they came from. They just came out and I felt I felt like it wasn't coming from me, but whatever words I used, I felt like she needed to hear them. And this morning on the way to work, I just knew like, okay, I'm on to something. Because I really enjoy praying for people, especially people that are ill and people that are passing. And the funny thing is, I ain't get on here and ask, you know, for no miracle and say, oh, I pray that everything goes away and everything's going to be magically together. I just pray. I pray for things like guidance. Because, you know, when we pass away from here, we have to leave our bodies and go to wherever else we're going. I pray for for guidance, for them to be guided in the direction they need to go to. I pray, I pray that they, you know, alleviate themselves from any attachments so that they can fly free, so they can be free of this earth and free of their bodies. You know, I pray that they are forgiven for anything that they feel like they need to be forgiven for. But most importantly, I pray that they forgive themselves for anything that they feel like they haven't forgiven themselves for. So they can be, they, they don't have to be attached here. They can move on to be free. You know, and I remember after praying for her, she looked at me and she was like, um, I'm going to see my brother and my dad and my grandmother. I'm going to see my brothers, my dad and my grandmother. You know, she just felt ready. So I've been thinking about researching volunteer work because I'm pretty sure there's hospice companies that'll let you come in and sit with some of the patients and just, you know, hold their hands and speak to them. One thing I'm learning um, as I evolve is sometimes you don't have to do anything grand jour to, to make a difference. You know, sometimes it's the little things. So I don't have to be this big old medium on the stage talking to all these people. I could just sit in a room quietly with one person so that they don't have to be alone. I can hold somebody's hand. I can pray for them. I can talk to them. And I find so much peace in that. It just feels like it feels like it's what I'm supposed to do. You know, or when I go into people's homes because they can't get rest at home. You know, just being able to pray and, and cleanse their homes. I had one lady, um, shout out to Wiz, he referred me. She hadn't slept in her bedroom in years. She just couldn't sleep in there. She felt like there was something in her house. And I went over there, took my stuff over there, and I realized that her house was fine when I walked in the front door. But as soon as I walked halfway up her stairs, the energy was so thick, you can slice it. It was just that thick. So I just started my work. And this has been two years ago. And this lady has been able to sleep in her bed since I left. She found peace. This is an older woman, too. She found peace in finally being able 
to go to her bed. I love doing stuff like that. You know, I like to heal people. That's why I became a nurse. I like to help people. I like to make people feel better. You know? Um, yeah, prayer is powerful. You know? Just speaking the words, you know, and believing them and understanding them and feeling them from the heart. You know, prayer is powerful. You don't have to be religious to pray. I'm, I don't consider myself religious, but I do believe in a higher power or God or creator. And that's what I pray to. You know, or sometimes I'll sit and talk to my ancestors, you know, but. Prayers of gratitude, prayers of love, prayers of healing. It's just praying. Praying is powerful. There's power in speaking those words, speaking those spells, manifesting things. It's powerful to be able to sit next to somebody and hold their hand and speak their pain away. And watch them, watch relief, watch over their bodies. It's just so much power in that. And I feel very passionate about it. You know, it's funny because I keep on trying to figure like, okay, exactly. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Is it mediumship? Is it psychic work? Is it none of that? Is it nursing? I just worry myself to death of what am I supposed to do? And honestly, everything is just kind of naturally coming to me. I didn't have to figure it out. I'll be guided when it's time. And the funny thing is, is that before all this happened, after I had took care of those little girls, um, that were ill, I had already made a decision to start praying more because I realized that my healing, my healing power is in my prayer. So what I wanted to do was pray more. So I had already started, started more spiritual work, more altar work, praying more, speaking confidently, speaking precisely, speaking, cor you know, correctly, being careful about the words I use when praying for people, I just, it's been a whole, you know, it's been a whole change for me. So, I'm happy to see where this goes. So, we're almost at our 30-minute mark. I told y'all, y'all had to buckle up for this one. It was a wild weekend. Hope to see you all soon. Again, love on yourselves. I don't have to tell y'all how many times. 11 times in the morning, 11 times at night for those newbies. Just make sure you're doing things that you love for you. Peace.